Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. faces out there. I mean, I can't see fuck all, to be honest. These, these lights are very, very bright, but benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. Oh, they are stone-cold hotties. I think you're stone-cold hotties. That's what I vote for. In Edinburgh, it's awesome because people just take a chance on the artwork. You know, they see the poster and then they see what we look like in real life and they go, huh. <laughs> But I guarantee you we will have a very good night where it's a bit sad that it's our final night at the Fringe, but that means we're going to make it a great show. Now, yes. Now, those of you who know who, who we are, you might have spotted that there's been a change of lineup. What the hell is going on? So I'm going to explain. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? I demand to know what you've done with <laughs> Hannah George. What have you done with <laughs> Hannah George? We've done nothing to Hannah George, but unfortunately, the COVID got to Hannah George, yeah. and I don't know if you know this, she's announced on the podcast, but she's six months pregnant. So as soon as she, yes, I know, congrats, yes. and she's fine. But it was the right thing, obviously, for her to go home and get spoiled by her lovely husband, Toby, so that's what she's doing. But I'm gonna tell you now, I never really liked her. <laughs> so I'm loving this changeover, and if anything, this woman is way overqualified to be a detective with us. It's Ruth Bratz. Yeah, it is! Thank you. Detective Ruth, how are you doing? This is your fifth night on the force. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
looks just so on it now. You're just on it like yeah. a bonnet. I'm loving it. It's oh, just the best. This is like, the, I've, I've been like, ooh, like all week. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously really sad for Hannah. But, uh, <laughs> Hooray! Uh, yeah, I'm good. And today I discovered a new oh. dessert. Oh, Ooh, hello. Which is always good. Uh, have you had a Taiwanese wheel cake? No. Never even heard okay, of it. Okay, well, all I'm saying is everybody go and have... I was going to get really fit and healthy this Edinburgh, and now I've discovered Taiwanese wheel cake, and it's literally outside my flat. Oh. So there is no chance. What? Oh, so I'm picturing a cake shaped like a wheel. Right, that's what you'd think. No. Oh. It's pancake batter. There's a really deep frying thing. Oh, they okay. put like pancake batter in the bottom, let it rise up a bit, then they dollop in whatever you want. I went for Nutella because I'm classy. <laughs> and then they put some more batter on the top and mm. they let it cook and then they bring it to you and you, it's like, it's like that big. That, wow. And if you're listening, you can't tell, but I, that's yeah. it's big. For the listeners, it's, 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 it's big. It <laughs> fluffs big. up and then that you put a, a fork in it and it just all like liquid Nutella just oozes out. Oh, oh my God. Do you Salt. see how much we're like the real detectives? This is exactly what they <laughs> yeah. talk about. They're like, guys, <laughs> new dessert. I know there's been a murder, but, but uh, have you had cake. a wheel cake? I yeah. just realized what you meant by it's outside my flat. I thought you meant you had left it outside your oh. flat. <laughs> like to keep it cool. I'm like, aren't there foxes here? Like I'm worried about this Taiwanese wheel cake. I was going to advise you to get a friend to have them bring it yeah, inside. Yeah, they probably should. Yeah. The shop is the outside. The shop is, yeah. I understand. Okay, and we are, thank you, Ruth. <laughs> we have a new dessert for everyone. And always, we've got our lovely Katie Wilkins. Hello. It's me, Katie Wilkins. Katie, how are you on this fine sunny day? I'm good. You know what? I'm very sad about Hannah, but I am glad that it wasn't Taylor that got COVID and had to go home because she's the only one that brought a hairdryer. The so right I, one fell. Which, which... <laughs> <laughs> we miss her so much. <laughs> that is what happens on The Real Force as well. They have one hairdryer per department. It's true. It's but true. yeah, so I actually washed my hair today, but then it rained loads, so you never know. <laughs> Oh, well. So that's my story. That's good. I like the story. I was just going to share two things overheard in Edinburgh today before I go through the format, and then we'll bring out our guest. Two very silly things, I should say. So the first one was these two really young guys passed me, and I heard one say to the other, no, mate, she's, like, really old. She was born in, like, 1984. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, boo! Boo! <laughs> and, and I guess if they're trying to deliberate like is it weird to date her i suppose it's okay no, but i was no. just like it's not okay it's not it? okay because a man wouldn't go oh she's you know like you know if, yeah. it, if it was a woman talking you know he's really old i right. won't date him he was born in 1984, 1984. she'd go yeah oh, i mean he's you know a silver fox Right. That's my plan, is to become the silver yes. fox of women. Absolutely. So that men can go, yeah, she was born in 1976. She's a silver <laughs> fox. Yeah. Yes. We're reclaiming silver that. fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like with those guys it was a safeguarding issue. <laughs> wasn't, so much, <laughs> wasn't so much that, was it? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't turn around and yell at them like the 40-something woman I am. <laughs> but, um, I think I was already dating in 1984. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Okay, and the other silly thing is just, this might be more just, if you've been up here for a few days, you know when you are just flyered out? You're just flyered out. I mean, it happens like in the first five minutes on the Royal yeah. Mile, doesn't it? <laughs> but when you perform here, you know, you're walking through and it's like, you already know what shows you're going to. But I like to be polite because I also know what it's like to flyer. So my words just got 
muddled, and they went, would you like to see this show? And I went, no, thanks you anyway. <laughs> thanks you anyway. And I said it twice, because I was trying to correct it. I just repeated it. Thanks you anyway. And they were just like, let's get the second one made it better. I know. OK, Yoda, please don't, please don't come to the show. Dear. So that's where we're all at. And now we're adding yeah. alcohol to the mix. What could possibly go wrong? Please <laughs> welcome to the stage the excellent comedian Tenjue! Tenjue! Welcome! Hello, hello! Welcome, welcome! Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, thank you for doing it. How are you doing today? I'm good, I'm happy, very tired. We're Whatever getting... is not painful in my body is because it's no longer working. It's a lot of walking in this country. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so much. And it's all up, uphill every direction. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I did a lot of walking in Africa, no, not no. compared to <laughs> You just need a Taiwanese wheel cake. That will fuel you. Yeah. You know. That's the secret. Or just use them as wheels. And then when you've got to where you need to be, Edible wheels. Edible wheels. All right. I've what had... the hell was in that cake, Ruth? <laughs> I've, had, I've had just enough booze to think that's worth trying. <laughs> Tenjue, we always start the podcast by asking our guests the same question, and it is, have you ever been the victim of a crime yourself? I'm from South Africa. What do you think that answer is? <laughs> I mean, I hear it's really peaceful. Tell us yes, I have. I've been a victim of many crimes, but the one I will share with you as the one that didn't happen in South Africa, because we're not the only ones who do it. <laughs> <laughs> it actually happened in London. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're good at it too. Yep. <laughs> the first time I arrived in London, I was so excited, like, finally, I'm permanently moving to London. Well, permanent until immigration finds out where I live. <laughs> And then I, I went through immigration. They asked me, what are you here for? I said, I'm here to charge my phone. They let me through. <laughs> I went to the money exchange place exchange, to exchange the money because I, I had like 100,000 rands. But the queue was so long. And there was a lovely gentleman who came to me, approached me, and said he knew someone who could do it quicker for me. Ooh. I was like, wow, people here are so nice. Like, we've always been told. <laughs> English people, ladies and gentlemen. I was like, oh, what a gentleman. I was happy. So he called his friend. His friend came within five minutes. He was there, gave me the money. I gave him my South African rent. He gave me my British pounds. I was happy. I have British pounds. I had always wanted to touch some <laughs> British pounds. <laughs> Went to my hotel room, locked it in the safe. I prayed over the safe. I called upon all my ancestors. I was so happy. And then the next day, when I went to the supermarket, they told me it was Monopoly money. <gasps> what? It's a true story. Uh, it was Monopoly money? Yep. Because oh I, I hadn't seen like real British sterling no? pounds. And I thought I was rich. Yep. Wow. No. Monopoly, that is bold. I mean, it's terrible that it happened, but those two gentlemen <laughs> were bold. That, like. is, that is ballsy, because yeah, some of it's pink. Yeah. But when you come it. from Africa, you don't know money from You've here. You've never seen it. But no. do you have Monopoly? I didn't know what Monopoly was. Oh, I had to Google it. Oh, oh, my oh, my God. So he took my money and cost me time. <laughs> Had they, had they at least done the exchange rate correctly, though? I was so happy. I thought I was lucky. Because at the time, it was one pound was 24 rands. Right. And he was like, I'll do it for you for, te for 10. Oh, I was like, yo, nice. Oh what God. a sweet gentleman. 
He's probably apologizing for his ancestors' wrongdoings. <laughs> no, that was your first mistake. That, no. <laughs> Do not make on saying sorry about that for some reason. We'll say sorry about everything else. Oh, sorry yeah. I walked into you. Sorry, but no, not this. Yeah, not so the, when I, the first few months in London, I was broke. Oh, oh. oh that is Even cool. now, I can't look at uh, that game of Monopoly. <laughs> No. Well, I mean, to be honest, they've done you a favour there because Monopoly is the worst board game that's ever existed. Yeah. In my family, it was called Monotony. Because <laughs> we all hated it so much. That is exactly how I feel about it. And yeah. it is my daughter's favourite game. Oh. And it never ends. No. I don't even know how it's supposed to end. Does somebody have to run out of money? But you never run out of money. Oh, mortgage, no. this. No. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't no run one's... out of money, but I just couldn't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever Holy had the shit. patience to see through. So yeah, if you get robbed and given Monopoly money, at least that is so traumatic that it's like a version therapy yeah. to never play Monopoly. You never have to play that game. <laughs> that's that's a very yeah, still a very bleak trigger. silver lining. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I would love to meet that gentleman again because I think we can be good friends. Well, do you know what? We always follow up the question with, if you did see the perpetrator again, what would you do or say to them? Looking for people to work for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so smart. And I think I can get him more victims. <laughs> Because I can spot Africans who've just arrived. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was so ready for like, I'd kick him in the balls, but nope. yeah, no. She's, she's no, too clever for that. Way too clever for that. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Looking for a colleague. And then you've got to oh. take over the business and yes. then chuck him out, like take his spot. You got it. And then it's good vengeance, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Take over the empire. Take over the monopoly by monopolizing it. Yep. <laughs> Monopolize the monopoly. Oh, great. <laughs> well, see if you can run into them again. We want to hear how this turns out. This is what we hope for our guests, is they get involved in a crime ring. There's so much CCTV at airports. Yeah, surely they've been caught by now. I wonder if anyone's ever, like, got them. I think they're so smart, they do crimes that will make the victim feel embarrassed for being so stupid. So they never report. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Did they draw a picture of the Queen on it? That's what I, that's what I would have done. Like a really bad, like it's the queen on it though. Or oh, that would have to be the king, though, wouldn't it? But you know, yeah. one of them. Uh, <laughs> as long as there's a receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part of this story is as well. We were down in the green room, and you said the story I'm going to tell is very, very sad. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to seeing how you make it funny. And I was terrified. I was like, oh my God. I used to be a psychotherapist. I'm like, I'm ready. I can deal with trauma. Let's do this. Don't you think my story is sad? It is very sad. sad. Very sad. It is very sad. But I'm a little relieved. It's the saddest story about Monopoly I've ever heard. <laughs> exactly that. Thank you so much for sharing that tale with us. Thank, Thank you very you. much. I feel better now that I've shared it. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> Problem shared is a problem halved. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Are we ready to solve some true crime? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's.
let's kick off the case. Ooh, moderate enthusiasm, my favorite kind. <laughs> I do love a challenge. <laughs> Keep quiet. It'll make me work harder. <laughs> Name of my sex tape. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hi, Mom. Everybody say hi, Kathy. Hi, hi Kathy. My mom listens. It's embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> I figure if I just keep saying hello to her, it'll be fine, and I can say the F word and stuff. Okay. You guys, this is the case of a woman called Therese Humbert. Have we got anyone in from France? Woo! Oh, hello. Bonjour. How did I do? How did I do with saying that? Oh, thank you. Bien sûr. Okay. Um, so, Therese was born in Toulouse, France in 1856, so apologies to anyone who's personally affected by this crime. <laughs> she was born in 1856 to a very poor family. She had two older brothers, a younger sister, and a father who was described by historians as a verified kook. First question, just off the cuff, are historians allowed to speak that way? Uh, <laughs> what a kooky two-shoes <laughs> I'm researching If he's here. a verified kook, does that mean he's had, like, <laughs> a certificate? Exactly. Yeah. Stamp, you are a kook. I yeah, so maybe that's a ye old official term that we... Yeah. Like, stuff back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, he is, he is a bit kooky because he was into alchemy and potions and magic, and he would apparently run out into thunderstorms and try to control the weather <gasps> with something. So your first question is this, what do you think her father held to try to control the weather? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I know what I would answer. <laughs> I didn't think of that when I wrote the question. What did he hold? Was it part of his like body part? <laughs> well, that's where my head went, but no, it's separate <laughs> from his body. It's separate from his A body. mirror? A mirror, okay, like it. Was it like, um, my granddad thought he could douse, you know, he thought he could find water. I don't know whether he could or not, but uh, he used to walk around with a stick. So, <laughs> you know, like a special stick. Not, not just like a dowsing stick, not just like any old stick. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Was Ooh. it though? I've heard uh, of that. So maybe he, maybe, yeah, what probably wasn't, I was a five. Stick, a special stick? A special stick. I like a that. A special stick. Yes. Which is what my husband calls <laughs> that part of his body. <laughs> Stop it. They metal, didn't they? <laughs> not a metal detector, no. I mean, okay, it's not a metal detector. When was that? Well, it could be. Thinking maybe he's got like an aerial. Oh, okay. But I yes. know they didn't okay. have. Actually, did they have radios in 1850? There's so much to Google after the show. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I'll give it to Ruth. We don't officially keep points anyway, but it, it was the stick is the closest thing because it was a magic wand. Oh, which is oh, a special stick. Which is a special is. stick. Yeah. By definition. He's a magician. Yeah, yeah, he was basically like Harry Potter on drugs out there. <laughs> now, Therese got a taste for crime as a young girl. So your next question is, what kind of crime do you think she was good at? Oh. Were there shops at the time? Could she be a shoplifter? Certainly, yeah, yeah. Selling baguettes that weren't made of bread. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's neat, I love it. I don't know, they were special sticks. I don't know what they were made of. 
Like just sponges. Yeah, baguette? That's not a baguette. Oh, yes, it is, yes. That was, people did do crimes like that. They yeah. used to make bread, but instead of flour, they put, like, powdered bone and stuff. Like, Oh, it's like it's like drugs now, isn't it? When it's not cocaine, it's yeah. like rat poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, I just feel like that wouldn't rise properly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Call me a baker. I think but. it was officially disgusting to eat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I wonder if she's part of this magic act. Are they like a kind oh. of, is it like a little show? They've got like five P, no, five francs. Because it was before the Euro. Uh, and, then, and then they're like, oh, well, you know, which cup is it under? And she's like the magician's assistant. And then they can scam. Oh, yeah. Or like while he's doing magic, she's he's, going through yeah. the crowd, like taking pocket handkerchiefs. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're all going along the right line. She was good at being a con artist. Um, but she flew solo. She didn't do it with her dad. Oh, my God. The way <laughs> so it wasn't a family things. business. <laughs> He's busy with his other projects. Yeah, he's busy yeah. with his alchemy. So and her favorite, yeah, her favorite con was to pool all of her friends' jewelry. She would steal really posh clothing and pretend she was a member of the upper class. And she was so convincing and such a good actress that she fooled a lot of people. And she realized she was very good at this. Uh, in fact, when she's around 20 years old, she uses that very con to get something. What does she get? A husband. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ruth. <laughs> Isn't it a it's husband? All we need. <laughs> a job. A job. A house. Oh, a little Pekingese. Oh, the dog. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went in real specific with the breed there. Yeah. I love that. Was it a mastiff? <laughs> Wolverine cross. Wolverine. Don't Ooh. cross those. Don't ever cross those. I shall tell you, she gets herself a husband. Yes. You were correct. <laughs> you were correct. Although it should be said that at first he was just a mark. She was just trying to con him. Oh. And then true love happened when I was scamming you. Yeah, he doesn't seem to care that she was, you know, trying to steal from him. He's like, oh, well, at least it's Wait, a woman. he knows you that she was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He knows, and she spots the potential for joining forces as a couple so that they can con together. A conning power couple. Because the couple that cons together spawns together. That's why I still want to meet my hetero guy. (laughs) (laughs) She marries someone called Frederick Humbert, and if you've clocked that the surname is the same, you'd be correct, because they were first cousins. Yay! But guys, it was still adorable back then. It was very normal to marry your first cousin, especially if he was someone that had a little bit of power. Frederick's father had quite an important role in Toulouse. So your next question is, what do you think his job was? A member of the royal family. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good guess. He he was uh, the the mayor. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he was in charge of bread. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good. I bet there are people in France that are in charge of bread and have very high status. And you want to be friends with them because they've got the best bread. They do have the mm-hmm. best bread. Oh, Mr. Oh. Breadman. I would love to yeah. be friends with Mr. Breadman. <laughs> do you know what? Ruth, you're just nailing it tonight. He was the mayor. <laughs> he was the mayor of the, the town. the only job I can think of for a man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing they were allowed to do. <laughs> Don't want to pigeonhole. 
tell them. Yeah, but, but let's yeah. face it, guys. Uh, guys, all you can do is be in charge. That's how they like it. They're not, they're not <laughs> yeah. even trying to do different stuff. No, they want to be <laughs> mayors. They, they, they just, just like be it. Mayors. Yeah. It's their fault. So he was the mayor. Uh, they spot this opportunity that, you know, using her skills, maybe they could acquire quite a bit of wealth, because he wasn't wealthy, but his father was somebody you could call on if you got into trouble, he could bail you out of jail, etc. So we move on to Therese's main con, and this is what she was really famous for. It became known as the trouser button fraud. Ooh, that is the name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> it's so juvenile and we can't stop. We just can't stop. It's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we know that. Anyway, before I tell you any more about the fraud, why do you think a fraud would be called the trouser button fraud? Any guesses why? I mean, it's pretty random. Oh. Obviously victims were men. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably at that time, yeah. Actually, yeah. Was it, is it, uh, uh, I just, no, I'm, I just keep thinking about sticking. That's a nice scathing term for a man who's yeah. not a good man. You're such a trouser button. Yeah. <laughs> what a trouser what button. What a trouser yeah. button. Oh, maybe it was like a tailoring thing. And she made all these trousers that had holes in the pockets. And mm. then she just followed around all the people that she made trousers for <laughs> until the money just <laughs> fell out. And then she just was walking behind. Whoop. Whoop. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, th I think she was trying to make an insult out of it. You know, like when people, like when people are being sexist and they're like, oh, don't get your knickers in a twist. Maybe she was trying to popularize. Don't oh. get your trouser buttons in a twist. Yeah. And then it'll be men that look foolish when they have emotions. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that never caught on. <laughs> oh. um, I will tell you at the end of the case. That's Ooh. the big, big reveal. Um, but wow. So Therese loved to spin a tale. So the story she started telling to investors and bankers that started getting her a lot of money was this. She said she was traveling alone on a train carriage one day when she heard sounds of distress coming from the next carriage. Therese goes to investigate. What does she find? What a sad, sad man. <laughs> a, sad, it's a, sad, a loud, sad man. <laughs> We have a sad, sad man. <laughs> Any advances on Wait, is this her con? Or is this... This is her con. This is the story that she's telling so to she... fool investors and bankers. So she tells investors that she heard a man crying on a train. Yep. That is the start then, of the story. And then they're going to give her money. So what's the rest of the con? Well, not the whole con, but what does she find? What does she say she found oh, in that when, when carriage? She, uh, oh, what, was, oh. what was making the distress noises, basically? It's not necessarily a sad, sad man. So it's not necessarily a <laughs> sad, sad man. <laughs> mm. A briefcase brief with case. some jewelry. Oh, Ooh, OK. Ooh. So she finds some treasure mm. on the other side. OK. Thought it got it. It's a big fight about Bread. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna keep coming back to bread. Bread is very important. Well, Ruth was the closest. <laughs> In a way, it was a sad, sad man. 
she said it was an American millionaire named Robert Henry Crawford, and Robert is in the middle of a heart attack. Oh. Yes, which I've heard makes you very sad. Yeah. <laughs> Therese just so happened to have a jar of smelling salts with her. Oh, thank goodness, because oh. we know that that helps heart attacks. Uh, right, yeah. I guess they didn't know the treatment back then. Way. Um, I know what 19th century woman didn't travel with smelling salts, but then I wonder, did they? Maybe they carried them around. Maybe it was the hand sanitizer of its day. Don't know. Anyway, Robert is so grateful that she brought him back to life that he promises her something. What does he promise her? Lots of money. A lot of money. Yeah, like shares in his company or something. Uh -huh. right. Shares in his company. The Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Don't look at it. <laughs> Shut your eyes, Marion. Sorry, I know every line <laughs> in all of the Indiana Jones films. Test me. No. Okay, um, do you know what, Tenjue, you were spot on. She Yay. promises, I mean, he promises her a lot of money. Specifically, uh, she says that he dies on the spot, so she revives him just long enough for him to say, I want you to be the chief beneficiary of my will. Um, <laughs> See, that's legally binding. The, um, the, the listeners don't get to see the brilliant face that Tenjue just pulled. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, that was brilliant. What did you do? What did you do? It was just like the shade of like. <laughs> it was good. So yeah, he says you're the chief beneficiary of my will, but there were conditions stipulated in the will. So says Therese, and this was part of the con. It stated that his family fortune should be kept all in a sealed trunk until something specific happened. And once that specific thing happened, the money should then be divided between Therese and Robert's nephews who lived back in New York. So your next question is, what do you think the condition was? What was the clause uh, that had to be met before Therese could split the money with the nephews? Until she gets married. Until she gets married. Or okay. has a child. All right. Until she sews a million buttons onto a million pairs of trousers. <laughs> So I'm a little bit confused. Uh, <laughs> so are the real detectives. It's okay. So, so it, this, is this the story? It's all the story. So I'm not even trying to fool you guys that this is like anything that happened. This is absolutely her con. So, okay, so she's saying there's a condition. She's saying But this. whatever this is, is made up anyway. These yeah. nephews don't even exist. Did the millionaire um, exist? No. 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 This is all completely... Contrived. Even the train doesn't exist. <laughs> the train was a made-up choo She's choo. never been on a train. This is no. like, I'm getting flashes of inception. This is, <laughs> yeah. No, right. it's this much. is Monopoly money we're yeah. dealing with here. Uh, no, too soon. Don't too say soon. that. Too soon. Drunk women solving There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wait, so she's going to get the money of the fictional dead guy on a fictional condition, and that condition is... And we've had marriage and... Marriage, a million buttons sewn. <laughs> and? Okay. Then the condition is when she... Well, at the next full moon. <laughs> Why would there be a... Con- I don't understand what we're doing. <laughs> she must bake a loaf of bread. Yes. Yes. I should stick with bread. It's what I Help know. Her out. Now. Help her out. Help her out, Thank you. She's on the sauce over there. Help her out. Um, do you know what, Tenjue, you were spot on. It was a marriage clause. Um, specifically, her sister Marie had to marry one of the nephews before the money could be released. Wait, what? Her, what, what did she, does have, she a have a sister? Yeah, does she? It, sorry, What's yeah. real anymore? <laughs> so this is what, because I went, oh, well, it can't be marriage because she's already married. Forgetting, of course, that none of the rest of it is true. So she's not going to tell them she's already married. Right. But yeah. I got it. But yeah. Therese, in real life, has two older brothers and, and a younger, younger sister. sister. Okay. But wait, so the sister's got married the nephew, but the nephews don't exist. But, but the, the sister does. Correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if that's confusing enough, the next question's going to be really hard. <laughs> because the next question is, why would Therese make up such an elaborate story about a will? Why would she throw in all these clauses and this backstory to, and all of that? How would that benefit her? To make me look more drunk than I am. <laughs> <laughs> In 150 years, there will be a podcast. Okay, so to make Katie look more drunk. First of all, the guy having a heart attack had enough time to ask her about her family members and about her sister. Yeah, Yeah. this is a long story for a man close to death. That's true. It's remarkable, isn't it? Huh. I don't, I genuinely can't think what you would get. I mean, I guess I unless she was she's trying uh, to get the men to... Rich men she was talking to, obviously. She wasn't going to Asda and asking men. She like, was not in Asda, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's so talking she was, to investors that have shit yeah. tons of money and want more of it. They want it to So grow. they would give her money. Yeah. Oh, so is she going to... So is she going to... Uh, <laughs> she says to them, if you help me with this... If you marry my sister... Uh-huh. Uh... And, yeah, you marry my sister, we'll pretend you're a nephew, I'll get the money, then you can have some of the money, invest it in something else, and you can make more money. And they all go, yes. Because it makes so much sense. No, that's not it. No. Katie? It's very close. Wait, so she's trying to encourage investors to become conmen? No, no, she's to invest to in her yeah. so that when her sister gets married and then she gets this money from the train men, she oh, pays she them back. Pays them back. Oh, so the story is oh, her, like see. security. They're like, you can oh. trust me, I'm good for it. When my sister gets married, I'm a millionaire. Yeah. This is why I would be very easy to con because I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. Just take my money and I don't, give me go more. Away. I don't understand. <laughs> I used to be like you and Cinnamon. <laughs> Monopoly changed her. Oh, no. 
Um, I mean, it, it, granted, it is confusing and it's really convoluted, um, but what's, I love doing old con cases because I can only conclude that people in history were really stupid. Not stupid, they were naive. They were easily brought in and there was a lot more trust than there is I don't is think today. they were stupid, they just couldn't Google things. Yeah. They just couldn't Google things. Yeah. They, they couldn't say, like, is it. this legit on Google? No, and that's then, exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. Their worlds were much smaller um, and, and the chance for someone to make more money, it's like, well, I'll give a little bit to this woman and I'll, I'll risk it. So the thinking was, first of all, that the more details she included in the will, the more legitimate it would sound, because most wills do have clauses, and why would an American businessman leave his entire fortune to a stranger? So it gave this little bit of credibility. Oh, he had no children, but he had these two nephews, and he wants to look after them. And the con was, she would go to the investors and say, look, I get the majority of this, but I tell you what, I'm going to take these nephews down, and I'm going to get the whole lot, so your return on this investment is gonna be huge. Just trust me. And she was so, she's charming, guys. Yeah. She's a charming manipulator. I love her. It's not that different from capitalism now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that different from I've got a fortune in my bank account, you just need to give me your bank details and I'll do it. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing, right? And we've all fallen for that. Yeah, so, and we have yeah. Google. Yeah. Was she Nigerian by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's very convincing. She gets dozens of investors to give her money, and this affords uh, her and Frederick a very lavish lifestyle. Um, she just keeps negotiating bigger and bigger loans, and they sort of start to compete with each other, like, how much have you put in? Come on, let's give more. And do you know what I mean? It creates yeah. this, like, ooh. Oh, it's a frisson for their marriage. Oh. Yeah. Um, so they live in an incredibly lavish uh, apartment in Paris. They bought an apartment, and they're just swimming with the Parisian upper classes with their stolen money. But they apparently, Therese apparently had the worst taste in everything. <laughs> so they were just describing her apartment. She thought it was really awesome to just put pink satin bows on everything, <laughs> which I like. It's just oh, all just she's like Barbara Cartland. <laughs> oh. It's kind of adorable. She became known for wearing enormous hats. That was just kind of her thing. Everybody needs a thing. And apparently one of them looked like a giant leech that was just eating her head and no one would say anything about it. They're like, I guess it's in style. <laughs> looks great. Um, now, at a certain point, the investors do get a little bit antsy. But the thing is, she doesn't have to pay them back. They took the risk. That's capitalism. They like, she's not like, you're, you know, what if, oh, my sister just doesn't want to marry him now. Uh-oh. Like, yep, they're taking yeah. a huge risk. You know, and the only, proof, not, the only proof of this wealth is this giant trunk that she's got that's sealed mm -hmm. and that's not allowed to be opened. Until the conditions are met. Oh, okay, so there is actually a lot. There's an actual trunk. Oh, there is a trunk? Yes, sorry, did I not make that clear? I'm no, sorry. I just assumed that everything's a lie now. I know, that's, that's the problem with oh, lying. Yeah. I'm sorry, I meant to make it clear. There's an actual trunk that they keep in their apartment. I apologize for telling the story in a less than adequate way. I do. <laughs> I do. I really do. You deserve better. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you better now. Because this is actually my favorite part of the case coming up. So the investors start to get antsy about the legal side of things and they're like, look, you've promised us that you're gonna wrangle this away from the nephews, so prove it to us. So what does she do to prove that she's gonna battle these nephews 
out of their right to the will. All right, she turns up with a bloody finger and she goes, that belongs to one of the nephews. <laughs> <laughs> does, she nice. get, does she get her brothers? Because she's got two brothers as well, doesn't she? Does she get them to come in <gasps> and be the nephews? And play them. And play, and yeah. Does she fake a funeral? Ooh, Ooh fake a funeral. nice. Do you know what? That would have been so much smarter than what she's about to do. <laughs> because people don't ask as many questions about a funeral, do yeah. they? Uh, Ruth, you're correct yet again. She enlists the help of her brothers. And this is just so funny to me. They, they go to actual court, and that's the reason we know so much about this case. <laughs> there are court cases. Mm -hmm. She takes her brothers to court and makes them pretend to be American nephews. So they put on shitty accents. Oh. I'm walking here. I assume <laughs> they're just like, where do you get bagels in France? Uh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what their frame of reference was to play the role, but this all goes on for a little while. But uh, Therese is finally caught out by one of the lawyers who asks her a question and she just slips up on this question. She just can't pull it off. What do you think the question was that this lawyer asks her in court? How old are the nephews? Or How what, old? They, what are their names? What are their names? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Should have thought that through. Then they go, uh, are these your brothers? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. Oh, ah, damn it, damn it. <laughs> What's in bread? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought the bread back. That's good. Um, he basically says, uh, where do the nephews live in New York City? So she has to come up with a New York City address. She's never been there. She doesn't really oh know God, anything about it. Oh, my God, she goes, what New York Street? <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a little bit like 15 Yemen Road, Yemen, my friends. So she, I mean, this sounds pretty good. Like, she tried hard. She said 1302 Broadway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> But it turns out that's not an address. Uh, <laughs> so the lawyers quickly work out that she's made this up. Oh, man, and, and they don't even have Google. Well, she, 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 the, the lawyers were too much, because when I first came here, I came on a student visa, and they asked me which university. I said, Buckingham Palace University. They let me through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds really fancy. Yeah, it sounds like a good one. I bet it's nice. <laughs> There's only one degree. <laughs> Being born into privilege. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Things go south pretty quickly after this. She, she just took it too far. I get the sense she's really wanted to be an actor, don't you? Mm. Sometimes I feel like these con artists are like, I really wish I could have a French show. Because why, why drag your brothers into it and make them put on, you know, it's like when you're kids and you dress up and you're like, play this part, Billy, and they yeah. don't want to play. Come she on, made them Billy, play the you part. have three lines. <laughs> yeah, you only had three lines. Um, things go south pretty quickly. They attempt to flee to Spain, uh, but they wind up getting caught, tried, and convicted for fraud, and they're sentenced to hard labor for several years uh, before being released, and then, they just disappear. History has no further record of them. I don't know, what do you think they went on to well, do? Wait, is the husband still in the fancy apartment or is he busted as well? No, he's busted as well. He's complicit what is this? in all of this. So now we're up to about the 1870s. Well, I think so they disappear, 1870s. Yeah. yeah. They went to colonize Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think uh, I think they get released and uh, and then they go they, they they walk for a while and then they find a priest with some candlesticks and they get the candlesticks from the priest and then uh, and then they go to Paris and there's a revolution and one of them uh, adopts a child who belongs to a woman who dies when her teeth fall out and she has all her hair cut off and then um, and then then there's a policeman who's chasing them for years and it's all because of bread Ruth <laughs> Ruth do you believe in reincarnation? Yeah. Because I'm starting to feel something here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Les Mis. I just did Les Mis. That's all. It's just Les Mis. <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't you? I, do you know what? I wish it was. I wish I had the balls for this kind of stuff. And I'd love to wear a hat that looked like a leech. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. But I'd have like suckers on it. Yes, yes. Little. You could even get a battery in there, and they could sort of move. Yeah, move. And then every now and then, just a little bit of blood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Oh my God! What would you do if you were rich? Well, (laughs) Well. (laughs) I have a hat idea. Katie, what do you think? Because we don't know, so this is all just speculation. Be me, because it'd be like, yeah, I dare you to comment on my hat. <laughs> Too powerful, you can't. <laughs> I think they went to Edinburgh and did a show all about the adventures that they had. <laughs> it would be good. Trouser button. <laughs> Here, take a flyer. Here, take a flyer. No, thanks you. No, thanks you. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, we don't know what became of them. What we do know is that oh, it's hundreds of investors by the end were ruined by the con. Ruined. She bankrupted so many dudes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor babies. <laughs> but the final detail in the case is that Therese, of course, couldn't lug the infamous sealed trunk with them as they fled. They're trying to get out. She probably just ran off with her leech hat and nothing else. She was naked <laughs> except for the leech hat. <laughs> So the prosecutor invites the public to come and witness him unsealing it. It is like the Ark of the Covenant. But there are no demons inside. Mm -hmm. Your last question is any guesses what they found inside? (laughs) Ruth knows. Ruth knows. Trouser button. Trouser button. Oh, and that's how it got its name. Is it trouser buttons? (laughs) How do they know they were trouser buttons and not just buttons? I mean, yeah. What's specific about a trouser button? It's not just like a normal button. Okay, is it heavy? (laughs) It was heavy. Could it? No, it couldn't be a man. (laughs) (gasps) Thank you. (laughs) Have you got a sandwich? I'm just thinking of something you would like want to lock in a trunk and then comes. <laughs> it's on top of the list. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, there was a trouser button in there and that is why it became known well, as the trouser button. Just one. Well, just one. Just one trouser button. Nobody knows why. And the only other two things in there were a newspaper dated the day that she began the con. So that was a bit of a like, <laughs> I'm a legend. Mm. Let's remember this day. And the other things were bricks, just to make the trunk heavy in case anybody tried to pick it up. They would believe that there were. The newspaper thing is like, you know, like when people frame the first dollar they made in a new venture. It's like a little time capsule. Yeah. 
It is. It's not it is funny. Indeed. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess let's raise our glasses to Therese Ambera, very interesting woman. Indeed. Ooh. Well done. We don't advocate for conning people, but if you're good at it, uh-huh. you too could have a leech hat. You too could have a leech hat. <laughs> Dare to dream <laughs> the blood. Right, it's come to that time when the house lights are gonna go up. And if you'd like to tell, oh, somebody has a real fan. I need one of those. Oh. I, I didn't know if they were waving, but no, that's a fan. Uh, would anyone like to come up and tell their story for some very fine kava? Oh, over there. Sorry, I didn't spot you right Ooh. away. Come on up. Everybody give a round of applause. <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. Don't stop. She's not coming on to silence, not on my watch. There we go. There we go. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Jojo. Hello, Jojo. Thank you so much for coming up. Uh, tell us your story. So my partner was living in Cambridge, and I'll give you a bit of background. 12 flats, a bit of grass behind that was shared, couldn't see it from the street. Okay. While he lived there, someone stole just his pants from the washing line. <laughs> he continued to live there for two years, it was probably someone that lived there. Okay. And just an extra detail, he's quite a slight man. So it's not like a one-size-fits-all kind of deal. Like, right, so there's teeny-weeny pants. No, I can, I can solve them. I mean, that's not, line. he's gonna hear this. I'm not gonna get in trouble when I get home, <laughs> thank you. So they're like so small, like nothing is going on. Yeah, I can't there, go right? home now, can I? <laughs> they're like micro pants, I, got, I get like, it. I four weeks to get out of my house now, right? Like, gotcha, okay. no, 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 I get it, I got it. I can it. solve this, I can solve this. Oh, wow, straight away, somebody, Katie's done this. Somebody nearby thought it was a fart, but it wasn't a fart. Oh. It was more than a fart, and then they saw pants on the line, and they had How to quickly- How bad does it need that you need 12 pairs? Oh wait, they oh, took 12, 12 pairs. Oh. They everything wait. else. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh. I thought it was just, just, no, no, just no, no. his pants. I thought you meant just one. I thought oh. it was one. No, like everything. Sorry, we just blew this case wide open. Yeah. We didn't like, know it was a dozen pants. Because so I was okay. going to say like, so in, um, this is terrible, but in, um, uh, <laughs> uh, so in my other show, uh, one of the uh, nice. one of the cast members uh, went down to get all the washing from the, the communal they oh, were yeah. student halls communal laundry place, and there was a, a rogue pair of pants, and they were quite small and leopard print, and everyone went, "Whose pants are these?" And everyone went, "Oh, they're probably Justin's." Uh, <laughs> and so they and so they handed them to him, and they were going, "These are your pants?" Like, they're not my pants. They're absolutely not my pants. But no one would believe him, no so he went them. fine. So he put them on, <laughs> and then he forgot, and he turned up at the show the other night, and he was wearing them when he when he was getting changed, and we were all like, "What are those pants?" And he went, "I'm." And they're not mine, they're from Victoria's Secret. They're definitely women's pants. <laughs> but he'd put them on just to kind of prove a point, and now they're his pants. And now, <laughs> so I wonder if, you know, it was were just your someone... partner's pants from Victoria his... or Victor's Secret? Yeah. <laughs> Victor's Secret. Victor's Secret. Yeah. <laughs> Victor's Secret. Yes. Oh that is what we need. Yeah. <laughs> that is so creepy. What is Victor's Secret? <laughs> But Come 12 find pairs. Out. 12 Does he have an ex in the area? Oh. Ooh. Even then, like, you know what men are that like. That you They're might not, not nice. know of. <laughs> yes, wow. but if she was making, like, a voodoo doll and needed... <laughs> 12 pairs. <laughs> Maybe so, it was life-size. There's, so there's a fetish for dirty pants. That's where my brain went immediately. 
But is there a market <laughs> for clean men's pants? I feel well, like there wait, is a wait, market If it was a woman's, everything. you'd be like, oh, pervert, and that would be it, right? How yeah. old were the pants? Mm. Well, yeah, <laughs> at the time, he was like a 20-year-old bloke, so probably quite old. Okay. I mean, uh, no do you have TV years, presenters so. who live in the area? <laughs> I don't think those have to declare themselves. I don't think TV presenters tell you when they're moving into the area. Uh, <laughs> uh, Where's that going? <laughs> it's code, we know. <laughs> I had 12 pairs. Maybe it's just someone who was like, I'm sick of buying pants. Is it weirder if it's someone that continued to live there for another two years, walking around being like, I'm wearing your pants? Right, just yeah. today's one of... Well, maybe they just forgot. Move. Maybe they went, oh, maybe I did hang some pants up today. And then 12? they just brought them in and thought, yeah, I don't, I don't, it must have been me, must have been me. Actually, yeah, is there any chance that he didn't hang them up and he's just told you that all his pants were <gasps> But where would they go? Maybe he burnt all of his own <laughs> pants and then was just embarrassed because he'd been conned into burning them. Like you said, people who get conned get embarrassed by it. He was yes. too embarrassed to tell you. Maybe that he looked at them from like, Upstairs, like through the window, and saw how small they were. And that, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, today is the day that I buy some bigger pants. I'm getting big boy pants today. Big it's boy big pants. Big boy pants from now on. I assume he's Southern American. <laughs> yeah, naturally. There we go. But yeah, maybe he just wanted new pants, but he felt like he had to have a story as to why he was getting rid of all his old pants. That feels like the mum thing. We've got to justify that something is broken so you need the new one. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. just buy the nice new one. Yeah. Like, I just found out that King Prince Charles, is that what we're calling him? <laughs> <laughs> Wears a brand new pair of socks every day. Like, this is the same guy that's like, environmentalism sounds like a good idea, but he wears a brand new pair of socks. Oh, and then they get thrown away. And then they get, well, I don't know, maybe they They're sprinkle them to... on the plebs or something. They throw them to the, the masses. Again, there's got to be a weird market for that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God, there would be. But what if he's a... <laughs> One pant wonder. What oh, if he who's our girl, the friend uh, from Paris, the con girl? Oh, Therese. Therese. Maybe Therese took them and put them in her trunk. They're in the mm. bottom of the trunk, under the bricks. The ghost of Therese Humbert came yes, along. Yes, everything you ever lose is the ghost of Therese Humbert. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Twelve pairs. I, like I like the big boy pants theory. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've, yeah, I can't go home now, thank you. I think we've nailed that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ruth. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt you. Female workplace. I can't remember now because I'm menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. I took the pants. <laughs> it was me. I can't help myself. Do you know what, Jojo? I hope that helps. <laughs> there you go. Round of applause for Jojo. Thank you so much. That's going to keep me up at night. Who took them? Who took the pants? Bored teenagers? I always blame bored teenagers, because that's the kind of thing I would have done. I would be like, look, it's a dozen pants. That's hilarious. <laughs> I've never seen 12 pants it's on a line. It's just so many. That's like, for me. I didn't want to be like, that's There'd be no many, room for any t-shirts. Like, how long do you wait before you do your laundry? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, until I've run out yeah. of pants. Yeah, <laughs> at least I'm, 12 days yeah. for this guy. <laughs> wow. But some but, men wear one pair for two days, so it could be 24 days. Yeah, and, and then there's some of so they turn them inside out. So that could, oh, be, that could be two months. I've, I've never understood that, though, because then you've got your, your dirty side 
on your trousers. So now yeah. your trousers are getting dirty, so you might as well not be wearing yeah. any pants because... You... And now everything stinks. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming along. We have just enough time to ask our fantastic guests. That Joey, you've been brilliant. The anecdote that you told us just of doing comedy in South Africa, that you don't know what language you're going to do it in until you show up, and then it depends on who's in the audience. Yeah, because you guys are so lucky to have one language. We have 11 languages in South Africa, and sometimes you show up on stage, you don't know what language you're performing in until you can like find out who's in the audience. And to have just one language is such a, well, I say one language, to be fair, it's not. I've been to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. One more round of applause for Ted Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.